Don't Cause a Ruckus is a completely fan-produced show of the fan-controlled sports and entertainment network. The first ever open-source professional sports league controlled entirely by you, the fans. If you'd like to watch live, tune into our Twitch, YouTube, or social media channels every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Now, it's time for Don't Cause a Ruckus with AJ Kaw and Jose Ruckus. What's up, Internet? Welcome to Don't Cause a Ruckus, the sports debate show that tries not to take itself too seriously. I am your host, Jose Ruckus, and joining me, as always, is my good friend and arch rival, AJ Kyle. What's up, AJ? I'm doing okay, man. How you been? How you doing? I'll tell you what, man. Just watching that preview for uh, fan control football just got me, like, super hyped. Oh, dude, I cannot wait for May. Like, it's going to be a good time. Uh, Apes are going to take it all this year. It's going to be really interesting, right? Because we're going to, like, obviously, a lot of our former players, they're now working in the XFL, so there's going to be, like, a whole new crop of guys coming and stuff. That's get me really pumped. Oh, dude, uh, that that's one of the most, like, excitable things for me is just there's so many new and talented people. But not only that, I'm excited to see the people that come back, you know? Like, yes, we have a lot of people in the XFL, but there's potential to see some, some memorable players from yeah, season two I mean, and one return. Sh- Shout out to uh, James Harden. I think I think he's coming back. A two-time champion in the FCF. Look out for him in season three. If you didn't already know, you can watch Don't Cause a Ruckus live every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific time over on twitch.tv slash sports or youtube.com slash at sports. You can watch it live just like Peanut FCF is, just like Ruthless Cutie is. Shout out to the people watching live. Um, AJ, we had a huge weekend of playoff football a lot of we're gonna get deep in we're gonna get deep i I, I, there's so much stuff that happened in every game like i really do think that we need to take a look at every single game individually to get through all this honestly i i agree each game was special in its own right and interesting in its own right i think the most boring one was uh the uh the ravens one just because i feel like everybody kind of knew what was going to happen with that one yeah, it, it pretty much went the way I, I thought, but there's still like a lot of takeaways from that that we're going to have True. to get into. True. Uh, Let's first start with the 49ers. Man, yeah, first game of the weekend, uh, Seahawks versus 49ers. Your, your boy, your boy was live for the game. Sitting How was it? Dude, it was awesome. Like we had really, really great seats. If you didn't see it on Twitter, twitter.com slash Jose Ruckus. Uh, we were like, we were right behind the end zone, probably like 10 rows up. And we were at the end zone where like every single touchdown got scored in. So it was like super cool to see everything um the seahawks actually led going into the half which uh we talked about it last week like uh we both thought the seahawks were gonna get blown out in this game so the fact that there was even a lead to be had for the seahawks i thought i was just really really impressive even though they did end up getting blown out honestly yeah uh we kind of talked about a little bit beforehand but it was a it was a good game to the half yeah, you know the second half was a, a different story, but uh, it, it made the Seahawks look. I I feel like a, almost a complete squad. Like even with Geno at the helm, I had my doubts at the beginning of the season, but he showed not like he's a capable quarterback. Not only a capable quarterback, he's a capable quarterback to take a team to the playoff, like to the playoffs. Maybe not the Super Bowl, but the playoffs. Now there's there's a couple pieces missing there, right? Like exactly, yeah. Interior offensive lineman, Gino needs to be able to step up in the pocket. They need to be able to give him time. They did. They pretty much, I mean, Bosa wasn't like a non-factor in this game, but like if you look at Bosa's stat sheet, not what people expected out of it, out of him. 
Um, Seahawks defense, not not what it needs to be in order for this no. team to be a real contender, especially when you're looking at what this buzzsaw of a 49ers offense is right now. Well, okay, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. It, the 49ers, I've said it all season, they are a powerhouse. Uh, e- even with Brock Purdy at the helm, it, it, they are a team that's hard to beat on paper, and now they're showing us in real life as well. So it's hard to compete with that, but you know, it, it's not a good thing when your defense lets up 41 points. Like that's not that you can't hang your cap on that. So yeah. there definitely needs to be a change. So let's let's talk about Brock Purdy a little bit because this is this is really interesting, right? This is a guy who's a, literally the last pick in the draft, Mister yep. Irrelevant, and this dude has. So far, he's undefeated in his NFL career, coming in as the third string quarterback. What, what do you do? Like, if you're the 49ers, like if you win the Super Bowl, obviously you don't have to worry about anything. You bring Brock Purdy back, you just run with that. You won the Super Bowl. You get to do whatever you want. If they don't, like if they lose to the Cowboys next week, next year, do you go with Brock Purdy? Or do you try to, you know, we'll talk about the Tom Brady situation coming up later, or do you have to look at back at the Trey Lance, who they traded quite a lot of capital to get to? What do you think? Honestly, if if I were the 49ers right now, right, I would spend as much money as possible, do whatever I can to go after Lamar Jackson. Now, really? I say this because Trey Lance, he's got some value. Brock Purdy has way more value right now Absolutely. as a quarterback than he ever has and potentially ever will. He's looking good. And there are some teams that potentially would gamble on that. I could see the Saints potentially gambling on that. Now, if the 49ers know what they're doing, that, that's, that's, a, that's a play that you should try to get your hands on as quickly as possible. If you can get Lamar Jackson with Christian McCaffrey, with all that. Now, the question is tax, cap, all that money aside. And if I was the owners, hell, I would take any fees and fines, pay as much out of pocket as I can, because if you put Lamar Jackson on this squad, that's a Super Bowl winning team, honestly. But if it has to be between Purdy and Trey Lance, I say give Purdy the the reins. Trey Lance had an opportunity. Maybe give Trey Lance, I would say give Trey Lance two, three, three shots, like three games. They can compete in camp, right? They can compete in camp. Give give Trey Lance a little bit of you know a, a chance, but if he's not performing, pull his pull him pull him instantly because you got a hot hand and a cannon in that. It's like okay. it's like Mitch Kidd and DeAndre Francois. It's what the Orlando Guardians are gonna have to do. It's like you, you got to pick. You got two good options. There's a third quarterback there too, who's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, you can trade. See, th- this is the beauty of their situation right now. They have the potential of three great trade like prospects, and they could get rid of two and level up one, like to an even better one, and then just have a great one-two. Okay, I got some Brock Purdy stats for you that I, I, I want to get your get your opinion on. Hit, okay. hit me. So we let's let's bounce back to the. 2020 playoffs, right? NFL fans probably remember this quite a bit because this is the game against uh, the Green Bay Packers, the 49ers, Jimmy Jimmy G as quarterback. Mm-hmm. They only have they only call nine passing plays through the entire game. Nine. The week before that against the Vikings, they only called 19 passing plays the entire game. This week against the Seattle Seahawks, 
with Brock Purdy as the quarterback. They called 19 passing plays in the first half. What does that tell you about what the 49ers coaches think of Brock Purdy? Uh, honestly, I, I think that just shows you that they trust Purdy and his arm more than they trust Jimmy G. And I don't blame them. Jimmy G's arm isn't that reliable. The, it, I would definitely be relying on their running core if I was in that situation, just because their running core is great. Don't get me wrong. Like Christian McCaffrey and the whole core alongside of him. Great. Amazing. You can put it in their hands and waste time and know that the potential of it getting stripped is few and far between, but they have a lot of offensive weapons besides their running core, especially in Kittle. Now, that's mm-hmm. one of the best tight ends in the league. You got to feed him. And especially if the defense starts reading those run plays, but you got to be able to trust your quarterback. And it just shows the coaching has seen what they need to in Purdy to trust his arm. And I don't blame him. Genuinely, yeah, I don't like you, ex- you expect this team to really be pounding the rock, right? Like they're running 21 personnel, right? So they're going two running backs, one tight end. Like you expect that that formula is pound the rock as much as possible, but they're actually using that two running back personnel to actually pass a lot more. It's really, really interesting. And like Brock Purdy as not necessarily a play creator, but a play extender really makes that thing work. So I, it's just, it's going to be hard to not let that guy start next season. Exactly. And like, you got to think of like, if you're putting in someone like Jimmy G, you got to think of you're underutilizing Debo Samuels. You're under underutilizing Brandon Ayuk. Like, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but I'm going to say it like that. And and like like I've said before, Kittle, man, the big target. They're so offensively stacked. They have great wide receivers, good tight end, great running core, like I said. And it's one of those situations where I just like, like you got Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey on your team, man. Like that Both that's the situation. The, those guys are great running backs in their own rights. Could be... RB ones on any team for it's just literally I think the thing that the weakest part of their offense isn't their offensive line it's their quarterback and they have three great options and that's a funny thing to say when you have three great options at quarterback yeah they're just so stacked offensively in every other position that you have to pick on that because it's the only it's yeah the only I mean we'll, we'll see we'll see what they do against the Cowboys uh yeah Peanut, I see, I see you there in the chat. Stick around. We will be talking a potential WWE, WWE AEW merger in the future, but that's later in the show. We got to get through these playoff games. So next we got Jags Chargers. This game will be remembered for a very long time. Justin, Justin Herbert perhaps leading one of the greatest collapses in playoff history since AJ, your Atlanta Falcons. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. That, that was one of my favorite things about this weekend was knowing that like so many people are going to forget about the Falcons for a long, long time because the Chargers, in my opinion, did the, like the, the slightest notch worse. Uh, Trevor Lawrence came out at the first half through four interceptions. Great game. Looked terrible. Just Trevor Lawrence looked like he was having the worst game of his career, looked like the biggest buff, bust in NFL history four interceptions in a playoff game. And then they came back at the second half and won this thing off a field goal. It was who do what do you, what do you think happened here? AJ, is this more that the Jaguars lost the game or is this more that the chargers, I mean, the the Jaguars won the game or more that the chargers lost the game. I'm going to say it's both. 
I know that's a hard thing to say, but uh, I, I think the Jaguars definitely came out in like the uh, in the second half, and they knew what they had to do to get the job done, and they they accomplished what they needed to get done. It was nice to see. I I, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it, um, but at the same time, the Chargers looked like they were playing a man down. They looked like they were hurt. They looked like they were gassed. Like they spent. They drank all their Michael Jordan power juice in the first half and forgot to like refill it in the second. It, it, that's kind of what it felt like. I, I love. Don't get me wrong. Like Austin Eckler and all uh, all that squad, great. Love them. Love everything they do. I just don't. It was just a disappointing, disappointing game. Like, yeah, I, the Chargers came out in the second half, even though they were up with a significant lead. And they kept passing the ball like they were not worried about running the clock out at all. They 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 call they called like a vast majority was uh, passing plays as opposed to running plays. When you have a guy like Austin Eckler, that seems ridiculous to me, exactly. especially with the massive lead that you have. And now it's looking like with with everything that we're seeing in the um, in the week since then that Brandon Staley, the coach, though many think that he needs to be fired, he's probably going to stick around for another season. Do you think that's wise? <sighs> Ah, I, I, it's, it's hard to say. I, that was definitely a coaching mishap, a hundred percent. They, they needed to feed Eckler the ball. Uh, it just felt like they were lost out there. I feel like they relied on, you know, Keenan Allen. They tried to keep feeding him the ball, and couldn't do it. it. It just, they wanted him to get a touchdown so badly yep. in the second half, and you could feel it. And it just wasn't working. And instead of going with somebody like, you know, like a sure thing like Eckler, they're just like, nah, let's 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 keep trying. It, it, it's insanity, is what it was. He kept trying to do the same thing over and over and not getting what he wanted. And to the 49ers, like, you know, like not the 49ers, I'm excuse me, excuse me. To I was looking at the uh <laughs> we haven't changed the, the banner. I was looking at the bottom. <laughs> to the uh Jaguars, uh so the Jaguars, like, you know, coaching prowess, they, they were on top of the Chargers. Uh, they knew what they were doing, uh, and they got it done. Uh, yeah. they, they stopped everything that needed to happen. And if I were the Jaguars coach, I'd be thankful, thankful. And, you know, taking the Chargers coaches out to dinner and saying, thank you for not giving it to Austin Eckler. You gave us that that win. And genuinely, I was like, oh, look at me. All my, you know, half at the half, I was like, look at me. All my predictions are coming true. And I was like, and I'm so, so wrong. I was so wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there there was there's another one that you were pretty wrong about, but that's that's for later. The next game we got on the docket for later. Bills, Bills versus Dolphins. Uh, This one, almost a huge upset, right? Because the Dolphins were really in this thing, despite using their third string quarterback. Yeah, shocking. This was a great game, but I, I feel like it just showed the Bills' weaknesses. Really? You think it's the Bills' weaknesses? What, like, what, what in particular are you talking about? Like, I, I just feel like when you, you have a team like the Dolphins coming in with their third-string quarterback, your defense should be on top of him, pressuring him, making him feel you know, nervous and not ready. And they didn't do that. It, it felt like the opportunities. Josh, uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Josh Allen got sacked more than yep. Skylar Thomas did. Yeah. So to to have that situation, that's 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 a flaw on the Bills' coaching and defensive staff. I, I think they needed to take more advantage of the fact that they're going up against third string. 
you got to make that kid nervous. You know, it, they didn't take advantage of it. The only person that, you know, really shocked me was the fact that Waddle and Hill, neither of them got a touchdown. It was Jeffrey Wilson. That man showed up and showed out this, like, this w- week, weekend. That's that's what it is. Uh, just as far as rushing and, like, I don't know. It, it was It was shocking. Seven receptions by Tyreek Hill. I, I understand them not going to the arm, but it, the Bills just didn't take advantage of the situation. Like, I think I agree to an extent. Um, the at the end of this game, the Dolphins were really struggling to get things in under the play clock. Uh, they run a really complicated offensive system. Of course, Mike McDaniel, the coach, he comes from the Kyle Shanahan tree where we talk about with the 49ers. It's a complicated offensive system. These play calls are really, really long that you have to make. And making them with your third string quarterback is quite a bit difficult. It's probably why they had such a hard time. That guy does not have as much practice in the offense as Tua Tungavailoa does. Yeah, so, 100%. Do you, do you think that the Dolphins might have actually won this game if they had their first string quarterback in 100%. with Tua? Yeah, hundred percent. Yep, I, I, I really do. The Dolphins have been a shocking team this year. Uh, I think the Bills literally got lucky. I think they were definitely exposed this game. Uh, uh, I that's why it makes me even more confident that when they see the Bengals next round, it's it's not going to be good for them. Uh, okay, upset alert. Mark that mark that one down. AJ AJ thinks the Bills are in for an upset with the Bengals. I, I really do. I, I genuinely do. I, I think that the Dolphins, if Tua was in, would have beat the Bills. This was a, an amazing coaching performance from the Dolphins. Even though the Bills won it, I, I think the Dolphins coaching staff won it. In my in my, if there was an MVP for the day, give it to the Dolphins coaching staff. It just the Bills should have ran away with this. It's a third string quarterback. They probably should have, yeah. They should have run away with this. The fact that it was so close is embarrassing, and I'm disappointed. I mean, it's in division rivalries. These things are always going to be close, especially in the playoffs. Um, let's get to the next game though, because this is one that you were actually wrong about. This is the one that I this was is the right one I was about. wrong about. Yeah, you were right about most of them. This is this is the one you got wrong. You told me I was nuts for putting the Gi- Gi- Giants over the Vikings. But I, I genuinely believe that the Vikings were like total frauds this season. The amount of one-score games they won. I've got a stat for you here. Uh, the Vikings are the first team in NFL history to go undefeated in one-score games during the regular season and then lose in the wild-card round by one score. These guys were frauds. And when it came to Kirk Cousins having to play in big moments, Kirk Cousins did what Kirk Cousins does, which is fold. You can't. You can't say that he folded. He he was just he was fourth and eight. His season on the line. He checked down for like three yards, man. You're not wrong about that. You're not wrong about that. But statistically, he 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 played almost as well as Daniel Jones. He was just a few yards short, like thirty yards short. You know, had a couple more attempts. Had more catches though, so you know. Well, the, I mean, Daniel Jones was primarily a running quarterback in this yeah, game. Yeah, he was. Yeah, the, the way the the way the Giants, it was. I think Brian nuts. Dable's done a really great job with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was a dude who was talking about like he probably wasn't going to see any more NFL games as a starter after yeah. this season before Brian Dable stepped in and changed this offense, working with. For, it's like watching an NFL game from like the eighties. The way that they're using Daniel Jones, like. But it's nice to love see. It. Yeah, it's good to see. Like, I'm not, a, I'm never going to root for a New York team. Don't get me wrong. I hate, I'm not a fan of New York. 
but it was nice to see. It was good. It was fun football. Uh, a lot of running, a lot of which running. is nice to see. Saquon getting some two two touchdowns. You'd love to see it. I, I'm a big Saquon fan. Uh, I don't know, man. It was just a wild game. Good passing all around. You can't really like I, I like as much as I want to criticize the Giants. I really can't, and it bothers me. I I mean I don't think the Giants go much further in these playoffs, but like. Because they're also like honestly like especially when you look at like the the advanced metric things like DVOA, both of these teams are outside the top ten in DVOA. Like neither of them, I think, are particularly great teams. They're just making a uh, good use of being in the position they're in. Although, like the Giants, like they're coming out of a really really tough division here with the the Cowboys and the Eagles. Like, I don't know. Like the Giants' future might be kind of kind of nice. Um. But let's get let's get into this next one. This is the one we said both. I think we both thought that this was one of the more boring games of the weekend. Ravens versus Bengals. Um, surprisingly close game. The Bengals, like the Ravens were honestly into it until uh, a huge fumble at the goal line that led to a massive touchdown really changed the dynamics in this game. But the interesting thing is Lamar Jackson sitting out. He's got an injury. It now seems a lot of reporting is coming out. It looks like the Ravens. Lamar Jackson relationship is done. Do you think that this is, do you think that the one should the Ravens have extended Lamar Jackson? Should they have given the contract that he wanted so that he's sitting in this situation with a big contract? He probably plays. Or do you think this is a situation where the Ravens made the right decision, knowing that this guy is injured, knowing this guy's injury prone, not signing into a big contract? Like, I mean, it, it's a hard, it's a, it's, it's a hard thing to, come in and talk about because like on one hand you're right injury prone he he is a he's got an attitude or you know he's got confidence is like how i want to look at it you know uh but like you said he is injury prone but he is also worth the money that you're going to spend on him in my opinion i think the ravens should have potentially i i generally think the ravens should have kept lamar and spent that money why? Because look at the NFL landscape that was this season. All of the quarterbacks that everyone were expecting to do well, outside of like the top three in Burroughs, Mahomes, and uh, Josh Allen, everyone was all over the place. Tom Brady wasn't consistent. You know, Aaron Rodgers bad. Aaron Rodgers was bad. We had Marcus. Geno Smith well. is one of like the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. That was weird. It totally weird. Not like great for him, not expected. So Russell Wilson doing horribly horrible, horrible season for him. We just talked about Daniel Jones having one of the best seasons he's ever had. Exactly. Like no, nobody expected the season to have that we had to ha- happen. And uh, I think Lamar Jackson is one of the few quarterbacks that is somewhat reliant and dependable when he is healthy. And I think that's something that needs to be coveted in this NFL landscape. So if the Ravens clearly aren't going to pay him, he needs to go to a team that would. And like I said earlier, go to the 49ers, man. Go to the 40. They can sell two of their quarterbacks and still have a great backup in case Lamar goes down. And you are sitting pretty to go potentially to the like Super Bowl. Now imagine that. If you had Purdy and Lamar Jackson and you gave up Jimmy G and uh, Trey Lance, 
think of the beauty that the the 49ers fans would have with that. I'm just saying, like, I think the Ravens definitely made a mistake. I think they should have given the man the bag, and they're going to be regretting it next season. I, I promise you that. With this free agency that we're looking at, a lot of available quarterbacks, a lot of talk about potential trades with perhaps Aaron Rodgers going on the trading block, Tom Brady being available for free agency. Your Falcons have a lot of cap space. They've they got do. some draft picks. They do. They've got a couple guys who honestly are pretty. They, they've got a extremely good pass catching tight end. They've got um, a couple receivers who are, I, don't, I mean, like not tier one receivers, but better than anything Lamar Jackson's ever had to throw to. You think yep. like the Atlanta Falcons should like give him all the money in the world and just go out there and. <sighs> it's so hard to say yes. Because I I would love I genuinely he to me he looks like the modern day Michael Vick, so like it, it could be like that era all over again and I would love it I would lose my mind. Do I think that's gonna happen? I don't, so I don't want to get my hopes up. <laughs> but I would love to see it. I I think you're right. Uh, I think uh, Ritter may it it may behoove Ritter to sit back and watch another year or two. But having said that, the last game he played, he retired Tom Brady, in my opinion. He like that last game against the Buccaneers put Tom Brady, you know, he 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 felt his age on that one. He's like, How old is this young buck? He was born in 2000. When? Oh no, it's a new millennia for this grandpa. And then got beat and didn't do well in Super Bowl or in Super Bowl. Wow! Well, I, said, I mean, let's I let's just playoff. get into that. Let's just get into that game. Bucks Cowboys right now. Tom Brady probably had the worst game of his career. One like the cowboy the Cowboys the Cowboys have had ups and downs in this season. This was the honestly probably the best they've looked all season in this playoff game. Uh, Dak looked incredible. He oh, had right. one of the best games he's ever had. The defense was on fire, just constantly in Tom Brady's face. I was skeptical about the the potential that the Cowboys had going into this these these playoffs. This game looks they look dominant. What do you, what one what do you think about what the Cowboys future is in these playoffs? And then we'll get into Tom Brady. Okay. Uh they have to go up against the 49ers next week. So so that's that's my issue. That's that that's my issue. I love the 49ers. Um I really do. I think they're an offensive powerhouse, but I, 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 I would not be surprised if the Cowboys come back and uh, beat the 49ers. The only reason why I say that, I feel like Dak has a little more experience and he has a little calmer in the situation, whereas Purdy's already like, I'm playing out of my mind. I should not be here right now. I am nervous. And I think Dak's going to stay calm, cool, and collective. And I think that's the only way that that can happen. Uh, would I put money on that? No. Uh, I think this is going to be a high, like a very close game, potentially high scoring. I think it's going to be a one touchdown game. Uh, but I do think the 49ers are going to eke it out purely because of the just the offensive weapons they have, man. Like, like as much as Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, and Dak Prescott can like really handle and lead the squad. And like they have good wide receivers with like Gallup and Lamb, don't get me wrong. But I just, you know, that team, that squad, the only difference for me is that in every position, the 49ers are better, in my opinion, offensively. Uh, it's just Dak. 
Dak is a better quarterback. Uh, and, you know, as, as much as I say that, I think Dallas has a potentially a better defense. And I think that could play a better, like a bigger role. Well, so, I mean, when you look at one, so the 49ers ranked last in strength. Oh, well, they have the easiest strength of schedule exactly. of any team yeah. this season. And when you look at the games that Brock Purdy has played against, he's played against the Dolphins, the Buccaneers, yep. the Seahawks, the Commanders, the Raiders, the Cardinals. He hasn't actually faced an elite defense yet, and that's what the Cowboys have. They've exactly. got Micah Parsons. They've got guys who can get to the quarterback very, very fast. Brock Purdy hasn't been pressured a lot. Um, against the Seahawks, Brock Purdy only threw into tight coverage twice in the entire game. That's a defender within one yard of the receiver. Only twice in the entire game. This guy is making a lot of open passes. Yeah. Cowboys have a really good secondary. They've got one of the best cornerbacks in the league with Diggs. Like, this is, like, a good team. Now, the, the, the 49ers' offensive system is incredible. Don't get me wrong. They're doing a lot yeah. of things play-calling-wise. They're going to make it very, very difficult for the Dallas defense. And mostly, I think Dallas are just sort of like, in my lifetime, I've they've always been chokers. Dallas yeah. has never oh, exactly. actually been yeah. a good team in my lifetime. So I don't trust them. But they do really do have the potential to make this difficult for the 49ers. Oh, 100%. I, like I said, I think this is going to be a really close game. I think if the defense comes to play, I, I think the Cowboys could potentially eke it out. I, I'm not going to put my money on it. Uh, yeah, like Puff Puff says, like all Purdy really has to do is hand it to CMC, and that's it. Like, he's not wrong. Like... I, I mean, see, people keep saying that, but like you look at like the Panthers, like their history with Christian McCaffrey, that was not a good enough strategy to make them a playoff team year after year. Like, but the Christian McCaffrey is, cannot win you a game on his own. Oh, hundred percent. But the difference is the the uh, the the wow, the Panthers didn't have the other offensive weapons that the 49ers have. They literally once the defense starts reading the runs, all he has to do is just do like a you know, short little passes to Debo, give it a Kittle. Like, it's not something that he, they really have to try too hard on. It's just run the ball, run the ball. Oh, oh, they figured it out two times in a row. Throw it. Look, play I'll, action. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. The defensive coordinator that they're going up against here is Dan Quinn. I'm oh, I know Dan, Dan Quinn. I'm, I'm a huge Dan Quinn fan. I'll tell you what. I'm, not, Quinn, a, I'm not a Dan Quinn fan. Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator for uh, the best defense of the last 20 years. One of the best defenses of all time in the Seattle Seahawks, the 2013-2012 defense. Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator for that. Terrible this head coach. A... Dude, you went to the Super Bowl, okay? And and he's but... against he's against the offensive coordinator who actually lost the Super Bowl. Actually True. lost you that Super Bowl. That was Kyle Super Shanahan's Hulk. That was Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> fault. I was trying to get Shanahan in there, and it came out Super Bowl. Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl. Let's be We're real. talking about the head coach who took the blame for the loss versus the offensive coordinator who actually caused the loss. No, I know, and that's kind of why I really want Kyle Shanahan to lose, but... <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I would, I this is going to be an interesting that, game. This is actually going to be a really interesting game. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's going to wrap up our playoff talk. Let's get into a uh, a segment. I know a lot of people are interested in, in the chat. A lot of people. A lot of people. AW, 
this is this has come out and we kind of talked about this last week i think you hinted at it last week there's potential here that aew could be purchasing wwe now i don't know if the cons actually have the money to get in the game to compete against you know saudi arabia to compete against i mean some of the people who are being bandied about here but they definitely do have you know they've got cash and they so Oh yeah, they they own they, the they, the own, they own one of the teams that makes the least amount of money. Okay, but they they still own a football team. That alone, no, they, they, they're they're they're, they're extremely rich. I'm just saying they don't have Saudi Arabia money. They don't have you know sign Ronaldo money. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We don't know. They could just sell something, and they probably do. So, so one, do do you think that this is an actual possibility, AJ? Do you think that AEW could possibly be buying WWE? I, I genuinely do. I don't think as much as WWE is considered a staple in the wrestling community, I don't think there is as big of a price on it as people are expecting it. I think it's a situation where as much as Saudi Arabia and the, the government there that wants to buy it, as much money as they have, it's more of, of course, they're going to have the most money, but is that what's good for the sport of wrestling? Now, as long as someone else can make a somewhat, you know, somewhat of an offer they can't refuse within now, the okay. U.S. Like WWE currently valued $88 a share right now um, of, of, the, of the overall yeah. year pot of the overall year price. It's one of the highest it's been in a year. Oh, um, yeah. It's one, of the, one of the highest it's been in like five years. So, yeah, like, the value oh, of this is, is pretty damn high. It is, but you got to also think Saudi Arabia is going to have to take that public company private. So if another company comes out and buys them, it's not potential. Like they potentially don't have to do the same thing. It's more of a, they just need to buy enough to take over the board and the shares and then become ownership and stuff. But isn't that the appeal for Vince McMahon to sell is that they could take it private and then he wouldn't be at the whims of the stock he could come back and do the job that he wants to do without being at the whims of shareholders who don't oh 100 company yeah 100 but will he have the talent that he wants that's the bigger question because a majority we've talked about this before a lot of the the wrestlers on the roster probably wouldn't go and return to wwe if that situation happens i know a lot of the yep. women's division which makes wwe what in my opinion, really what it is separates it from its competitors is its women's division. The majority of them will probably leave. And then we've talked about it. Sami Zayn has already spoken out about it, that he refuses to go if he is, Mm -hmm. if it is still there. So yeah, we speculated on that last week and he definitely came out pretty strong against it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's one of those situations where sure it's great for Vince, but is it great for WWE? And at the end of the day, if you're a businessman, you got to ask yourself what's better for the. When has the Vince game? ever done the right thing for the company versus what Vince wanted to do? When in the history of wrestling has Vince ever said, what's not best for Vince? And this is one of the reasons why I don't think this is ever going to happen. I cannot imagine Vince McMahon of all people, the dude who, AJ, you you're a WCW fan. You remember this. I bought my competition. Yeah, I know. Right? He's not selling to AEW. I just can't see it happening. He's an old man that wants money. 
You got to think of it like that. He's an old man that nobody wants around. It's been clear that a lot of wrestlers are not happy he, if, when he's around. And if he True. stays around, he's going to be working with B to C talent. We're going to see Mansoor with the World Heavyweight Championship. Like, clearly if that happens. And as much as I love that wrestler, he doesn't deserve the World Heavyweight Championship. You, you know? So I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I can't. I Vince, just, Vince has never once humbled himself to do the thing that was worth more money. He's always left for decades and decades. Ever since Steve Austin left the company, he has left money on the table time and time again. How long do we have to sit there waiting for this Roman Reigns thing to finally take it off? Him to finally, when there were so many other wrestlers. Zack Ryder, so just Zack Ryder, like the, there was so much money to be made from Zack Ryder alone, and he just because it wasn't Vince's idea, it couldn't happen. That has oh, been yeah. the story over and over again. I just, I genuinely don't believe that this is going to be. But do do you think this is a good idea for AEW to buy this one? Tony Khan, I genuinely, this dude's a nerd through and through, huge wrestling fan. The idea of doing a real somebody finally getting i mean since like the 70s or the the late 80s when the the invasion angle originally happened in japan it's been repeated over and over again and never actually done right this might be the first time that we get a actually good invasion angle in the u.s i mean do i do i think it's good for a uh, you 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 had you asked me a question then you went on for a minute so uh, do you want me to answer the, do, you, do i think well it's i, good I for... just kind of want to get my my opinion out there that that is the potential there for the for the, if they buy this the invasion yeah. angle would happen is oh. this a good idea so okay uh while you were saying that i was listening don't get me wrong uh peanut has been going off in the chat to say he has potential news and that news is that wwe is trying to get somebody in uh wrestlemania i think it is or the royal rumble i think he said have a a royal rumble Rumble, aew person in the royal royal rumble Rumble, yeah so that would be a sign of the cons taking over wwe i don't think that i don't think that's a sign peanut i appreciate that but i think that's just aew being aew they'll always try to do that but as much as i would love to see it I, i i think it's a good idea i think it's a great idea why? Because, like you said, Tony Khan has been doing such a good job with the New Japan wrestling combination. And when he took over Ring Forbidden of Honor, Door. exactly, Forbidden Door was great. Like we, they joked about it a lot. But like, let, let's be real. As much as like I didn't like Kenny Omega being the belt collector, it was fun to see because it, it, it's like when uh, Marvel and DC crossed over. It's like you weren't expecting that to happen. But you see Spider-Man fighting like Superboy, you know, like Wolverine or Captain America and like Batman. Like that, that it's interesting to see. You're not expecting it and you love to see it. Like you love to see those matchups. I think it's a great thing. I think as much as people don't like Tony Khan, I think his like he allows wrestlers to be what they want to be. I've never heard a wrestler say that they weren't able to be creative in AEW. Uh I've heard that plenty of times in WWE. Uh, But I think the difference is, and I don't think a lot of people are expecting this, I think Tony Khan will keep WWE the same. I think the only thing that he may potentially change is not have NXT and, you know, SmackDown and Raw. He may just have, like, NXT and, like, Raw. Like, and that's it. 
at just keep it the same and have the rosters interchangeable. I think it may be fun to see like a draft day like WWE does, but have it be like Ring of Honor draft, like AEW draft, WWE draft, and then you can like pull people from all three things into it. I think that could be fun, but as far as for the sport of wrestling, I think this is this would be a great thing. AEW has always been open to indie wrestlers more so than anything WWE has ever done. If anything, WWE only allows indie wrestlers for security and all those antics, side stage and stuff. I've seen a couple of like my friends who I've trained with as security plenty of time yeah. in WWE, but like you know, they actually have real matches in AEW. Usually they're on dark. Yeah, they're the jobbers. But hey, at least it gives them an opportunity to get their name out there, their character's name out there. And like a a dude that I saw like wrestling nearby in Chicago, Lee Moriarty, is now a big wrestler in AEW. So it's just cool to see it. I think it'd be great for the world of wrestling in general. I think Vince McMahon needs to leave. I I, I agree. Uh, I think that the WWE product has been better since Vince stepped out of control of the company. Um, and I think he should have done it a long time ago. Um, I don't know if bringing both companies under one roof is the best option. I personally, I like competition. I think the best times in wrestling we've ever had have been bred out of competition. Monday yeah. night wars. We all remember it. it was the best time in wrestling. We remember, I mean, this, the the Wednesday Night Wars, like the, the best times that we've ever had in wrestling has been when two companies are competing with each other. Um, it's hard to not see eventually a WWE merger that's stagnating as far as story goes. Um, you know, eventually, you know, you just get to the point where it's like, why do we need this many wrestling shows? Why does WWE have like six wrestling shows a week? I don't, I don't need that. I don't need three because you have so much talent. You have to find something for them to do. So all of a sudden, Raw's three hours long and it's unwatchable. I let's get some You're, competition. Let's get some competition. I and like the the one thing that I really don't like about WWE from the last like ten years before AEW showed up was that they would just eat up all the talent in the United States. Oh yeah, I, I hated that. When they uh, went, they took over, like they, when they introduced NXT uh, UK, they decimated the UK indie scene. Yep. So many companies went out of business after that happened. And that's what happens when you have like essentially what is a wrestling monopoly in this country is these, they just get to buy up all the talent and it destroys companies. So I think competition's great. I don't want to see, I don't want to see Saudi Arabia by WWE. I don't want that to happen. But I would prefer if, you know, this didn't end up in AEW's hands. Although, like, probably not. That's not the worst case scenario. I think Saudi Arabia is probably the worst case scenario. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not necessarily in love with the idea of the cons buying it either. Um, Honestly, uh, you're not wrong. I totally agree with you on the fact that, like, you know, wrestling's at its best when there's two big companies fighting. If, if, AEW does take over WWE. What I hope happens, what I genuinely hope, is they turn WWE into a either a bootleg or a better version, hopefully, of Lucha Underground, man. 
I, I loved Lucha Underground. Give me more storytelling. It's, it started off really, really good. Boost up. Thank you. You know I'm right. Boost L- up the, the first story. like two seasons of Lucha Underground right. were so good. Keep that level of consistency in writing. Boost up the level of like backstage, like promos. Give me a little more story, a little more scenery. Get them offset a little bit, you know? I would love that. I would lose my mind if that happened. And I, I, I the, the the cinematography in Lucha Underground was so good. The storytelling was really, really high level. Yeah, it it was just that like essentially Lucha Underground didn't have the budget to do stadium shows and stuff like that. They couldn't shoot in the way that would make it the most epic. They would have that. I like this idea quite a bit. I it's mean, not a bad idea. Cool. And not only that, think of the amount of actors that we we got. The Rock. We got John Cena. We got dave batista out of it think of all the people that we could see like even uh mercedes monet she is she was in uh the mandalorian yeah imagine all these p- untapped talent that we could have and if you just up that up that budget a little bit get a little better storytelling get some good if you men. shot like the the spectacle that wrestlemania is even though i'm not e- even into wwe as much as i was five years ago WrestleMania is always so fun to watch because of it's a spectacle. And if yep. you shot it the way that Lucha Underground was shot, that big of a stadium, yep. those big of matches, man, that, that, that'd be something special. All I'm saying is, hey, uh, cons, I'm a ka, just one letter off. Just hire just me. All right, I'll take over Nick Kahn's. I know he's not related to you, so you can just kick his ass out. That always confuses me that both companies are run by a Khan, but not in the same family. Just hire just hire a Ka, different families, all three of them, and I'll bring Lucha Underground to WWE. We'll get it better, all right? I'll bring that Absolutely. cinematography up. <laughs> Let's get into our next topic here, man, because we got uh, WNBA free agency just kicked off. There's a lot of... Some of the biggest stars in the sport right now are free agents, which is something that like you rarely see in sports right now. Uh, one of my favorite players, uh, Brianna Stewart, probably the best player in the league, is a free agent right now. She's yeah. been putting out cryptic tweets on Twitter. It's very interesting. Um, AJ, we interested in this at all? Do you have any ideas about what might be going down? So I'm I'm super interested in this. I've I'm not. I'm gonna be real. I know you're a huge WNBA fan, so I want to hear more of your takes. But I've been doing research, and it's it it seems very interesting, man. Like there's a potential super team going on in New York, which oh, yeah. not not a New York fan, so I, I don't want that to happen. Uh, apparently, she she could potentially stay home and get more money. I'm I'm about this, but I am not as well versed. So I, I want to get your opinions on everything. Where do you think she should end up? what do you think and and also this tell me your favorite teams and what you're like what you think the draft is gonna do and to shake up the league okay so there are two big names in this free agency it's brianna stewart it's courtney vandersloot the they were talking about like essentially the kevin durant prime kevin durant of the WNBA, brianna stewart and the best point guard in the league in courtney vandersloot um right now the New York team has the ability to make a trade and get both of these players in free agency with Brianna, uh, with uh, Stephanie Ionescu already on the team. It would be one of the most dominant teams actually be able to compete with the monster that's currently with the Vegas aces. That team's super good. 
I do think as much as I do love the Seattle Storm, I think they're a fantastic team. Sue Bird just retired. She's one of the best players in the history of the WNBA. That team is now so much weaker. Brianna Stewart's been carrying it for a long time, but they finally, they lost to the Aces, and as good as the series was and as close as it felt at time, the Aces were like so heavily dominating at every point. Brianna Stewart was the only person getting things done. She tied the scoring record in a playoff game for the WNBA last season because it was just all on her shoulders. I do think that if she's going to continue to win championships, and that's her goal, win more MVPs, win more championships, she needs to go to another team. Hmm. The New York Liberties, honestly, like if they bring in Courtney Vandersloot, they bring in uh, Brianna Stewart, they already have Ionescu, they're going to win some championships. Um, and, And it will be the East. It'll be the East versus the West. It'll be Vegas versus the uh the liberty in the finals for like the next three years and the western conference finals in this league has been brianna stewart versus asia wilson it's been some of the most entertaining basketball i've watched in a long time and now that's going to be in the finals like i want that that is one of the main things i want brianna i want brianna stewart just to go to the east because i want to see them play in the finals instead of the conference finals um but honestly like there's a lot of the teams that are, I've heard potentially people think she might be going to the Aces and joining that super team. I don't know if I like that idea too much. I like watching these women compete. Um, there's just, there's a lot of options. I do really think that like her joining New York would be the best for the sport. You would have two dominant teams, two great players across the two divisions and it would make the finals so hype i do think that that'd be the thing that would get people really really interested in watching the finals um that's kind of where i'm at with it all right i mean personally i don't like it when there's just two teams going at it the same every year back to back like i like to see a couple teams but if that's how you feel, man, you know what? Well, I'm going for it too. Like with the with the with the NBA right now, like are you enjoying this NBA season? Because I'm not enjoying it as much as I have in the past. I honestly really like it when there's like one or two super teams dominating a regular season, and then we get to see it play out in the finals. This season's been pretty boring to me because honestly, there's so many teams that are all really good. I mean, I kind of like it this way because I'm tired of LeBron's teams always being like, oh, that's the team to beat, or like this you know the warriors to be like oh that's the team to beat i love it when the field is in flux because this is the years that dictate like who are going to be the champions the next few years over like could the nets pull it together and win it this year that'd be sick do the bucks come back and do it all and they just be the dominant the next few years potentially and then you have all those like the beauty of this is like you have like the 10 eight or ninth or 10th you know, seed teams that could just win it in that weird new playoff, like playoff bracket or whatever, or I don't know, the play-in bracket, I guess is what it's called. Man, one of those guys could win it all and it'd be a Cinderella story. I'd love it. But See, I like I like it after the season's over, but during the season, I'm like, just, I don't know oh, who to watch. Too much, there's too much basketball to watch. Now you know how I feel during college football and college basketball season. Uh, I'm just like, that's why I don't watch college. Much. That's why I don't watch any college sports. It's just there's so much there. It's too um, much. And yeah, and you were asking like some of my favorite teams. Um, I'm more just I I follow WNBA same way I follow the NBA. 
Player. I don't really care about. I care about players. Yeah, I was a huge Elena Della Don fan for a while. So that that when I watched, I watched her. So yeah, she's great. Uh, yeah, and there's there's a lot of really talented players. Um, obviously, Chicago's Chicago's been really good. Their squad. Um, there's uh, just like a lot going on in that sport right now, and it's gonna be things are gonna be mixing up quite a bit. And I'm just like, we're gonna be going into one of the best WNBA seasons of all time, I think um so yeah i'm super pumped for it i hope i uh, hope we can uh keep covering this throughout the season and get some more fans interested in women's sports um aj we got a new segment to wrap up the 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 uh the don't cause a ruckus it's a game we're playing now called off the top three you and i are both going to be making top three lists but we oh, don't yeah. know the topic of the list until right here right now you want to go first this week or you want me to go first uh, I'll go first since you did it last week. Uh, who would your top three owners of the new WWE be? Ooh, anybody could be anybody. It doesn't have to be actual people in it. If you want to do three words, the actual people that potentially could get it and three who you just don't care. I'm cool. Whatever you want. Okay. Okay. People who could buy the WWE. Um, oof. So I'll put I'll put the cons at number three. Okay. I would be I I I'm it's not the best case scenario, but I do think that they have a good good head for wrestling. It would be in good hands at least. Um let's go number two, CM Punk. <laughs> C CM Punk gets gets a loan, gets some big business investor or whatever, and he finally has to be making all the decisions he's always criticizing other people for making. He's gonna run the company into the ground. It's gonna be super funny. Uh and number one, um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. How did I know you were gonna say the rock? I was like, he's gonna say the rock. I some And honestly, I feel like like that's not totally out of reach. Like he just bought the XFL and obviously he bought it in bankruptcy and whatnot, but like yeah. he's, he's got movers and shakers behind the scenes. He's got a good head for the business. Honestly, he knows what it takes. The people, the wrestlers in the back respect him. The people true. respect That's him. True. Yeah. And I honestly think like he would be mostly hands off running it. Um, and, and like the worst case scenario would be if he did it, you know, like, 10 years ago and he would just be the championship for two three years and never show up to work but like at this point i do think that he would only show up to pop ratings i don't think he would re- yeah. he'd probably put the belt on himself like one more time you know and then he would and then they would have john cena beat him again to break rick flair's rick flair's record and then roman reigns would be championship for like five years or whatever i don't hate all that though i kind of want to see it so See, if The Rock did come back and, you know, take over, I can totally see them doing the whole uh, Vince McMahon thing where you hate the boss situation again, which would be funny. Um, but would... all I'm going to say about that is let's let's give the man one season of the XFL. See how well he handles that before we start giving him another. I trust league. him more with a wrestling company than I do a football company. Fair, fair. You're not wrong. Okay, AJ, my top three list for you. I want to know your top three pop punk albums. Ooh, okay. Uh, that. Damn. All right. Uh, shoot. All right. Number three, I'm probably gonna go with uh, a a two way tie. 
I'm gonna go with uh, Yellow Cards, Ocean Avenue, that whole album. Okay. Okay. Uh, and Jimmy Eat World's Bleed American. So that's my tied to third place. Okay. Uh, like I'm gonna go with number two. It's gonna be uh, I Am the Movie by Motion City Soundtrack. And okay, then, that's an interesting pick for number two. Yeah, and then number one, it's gonna be uh, Fall Out Boys from Under the Cork Tree. Okay, so. Yeah, I feel like there's some obvious misses here. Uh, oh yeah, there's I, 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 I love I love from under the cork tree. I don't necessarily even think of it as like pop punk, but uh, like dude, Blink, where's Dookie? Where's Dookie? I, Dookie, yeah. But like those are like my top three. Like if I was, I, I know I feel it. I feel it. Three for pop punk, it'd be like probably like Dookie would probably be number three. Like you know, number three. That's that's take off my pants and jacket would probably be like number two or like yeah, number yeah, okay. one. And then I don't know. Uh, I just when I think of pop punk, I just think of Fall Out Boy every time. Like they're the quintessential pop, like pop punk band to me. <laughs> uh, maybe funny. that's just me, but I don't know. Oh, we I think we lost AJ, or did we lose me? No, we're both here. I don't know. Maybe okay. Oh, I think you froze for a second. But um, okay. I I, I respect the list. I I like going favorites as opposed to like trying to like. Please the masses. Build the criteria. Um, <laughs> Build the criteria. Yeah, like 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 establishing like these are the three best pop punk albums, and they oh, will no. stand through time. I I appreciate going to just these are my favorites. These are the ones I love. Those and are like, like top, my top three. My from, top under the, three? from under the cork, cork tree. Every time I listen to it, I'm so surprised at how well it holds up. I I genuinely think that that album and. The one prior is Fall Boy's two best albums. They're never yep. going to make anything better. Everything post that is just them like trying their best not or to stay relevant. It's good. They do There's a good some job. good songs. No good albums. No. Yeah. Especially the last. I have a lot. They just put out a new song today. If you haven't heard it, I highly recommend it, which is the first time I've said that in two <laughs> Fall Boy albums. So, so the last two albums like were trash mania trash the one with uma thurman trash uh i'll say it i'm a big follow boy fan but those are trash they just announced some tour dates you getting tickets to these shows uh i i would love to but they're in like munich they're in like oh they're not getting anywhere near you no if if there's a chicago date i'd go but i think there's la get us tickets and we'll go (laughs) oh i mean it when is it is it like i guess the end of this month sure yeah that's gonna happen no uh i live in chicago usually they do like secret chicago shows so i'm trying to bank on getting like a metro chicago show uh they they always try to do that when they announce something at least they have like almost every album cycle since i've been here since 2009 so i'm really hoping i've never gotten tickets for them i'm really hoping i can so Hmm. i've never seen them live either oh i've seen them live several times but like i want to see them in like a club like there's this uh yeah there's this club called subterranean that i know that they played at when they came back uh after being on hiatus for like six years or something and i didn't live near back in the day i was still in college like i was in one of my college apartments i live three blocks away from it if they announce anything with that place i'm gonna be at the i'm gonna be bouncing and the best part is now i have connections because i played so many shows like i can i actually know like who the managers of these venues are and have their phone number like their cell phone numbers in my phone i'm just gonna be like yo get me a ticket 
I don't care. Give me a ticket. I know where you sleep. Give me a ticket. <laughs> Man, that must be nice. It's, you know what? It's, I'm going to say it like this. It's from years of hard work and uh, get, getting screwed over. So it's, <laughs> it's calling in some favors. That's what it is, really. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Don't Cause a Ruckus. Uh, If you've got any ideas for topics or topics for top off the top three, tweet at us. Put it in the YouTube comments. If you didn't know, Don't Cause a Ruckus goes live every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash fancontrolledsports or youtube.com slash at fancontrolledsports. You can find this on podcast services all around the globe. And we drop the VOD on YouTube, youtube.com slash at fan control sports the day after um go boost those podcast numbers up too you know let them know let them know you like the show okay until next time this has been a presentation of the fan controlled sports and entertainment podcast network comment rate and subscribe to this feed for all of your favorite fan controlled shows if you'd like to create a podcast or live stream a show with us please reach out at content at fcf.io